Good morning, everybody. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Galatians 3. We're going to dive into verses 19 and 20 in this session. Uh, we've made it all the way through Galatians, all the way to verses 19 and 20. Now, while you're turning there, let's, uh, let's review for just a moment. Remember in Acts 15, we quoted this a number of times during this whole series, uh, Acts 15, 1, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, quote, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And notice that these uh, men from Judea, they were believing Jews, but they came down to, what, the Gentile believers and basically told them, unless you're circumcised, another way of saying that is, unless you come in under the law, you really cannot be saved. And, and as I've said before, uh, you kind of wonder, well, where does Christ belong in their doctrine or what they're teaching? Because they are believers. Um, but basically, they're saying, you know, uh, you're, you've kind of made it to first base, but to make it all the way home, you need to come in under the law. And then in our last session, I read to you Galatians 3.18, uh, Paul says, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And we have gone through all those scriptures to show that uh, what Paul says in response to these rival teachers and their teachings is he concentrates on God's promise to Abraham that through Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. So in Galatians 3.18, you see that he's crushed their argument, laying out that the inheritance comes by promise and not by the law. Now, we left it with what both sides in the room where Paul is talking to, at one point, he's talking to the believing Jews, and like right here, he's crushing their argument to say, no, no, the inheritance does not come through the law. But then he also talks to the Galatian believers to get them right, to, to ensure that they are not going to follow under this teaching because if they did, they would put themselves under slavery, right? I mean, that's what we've kind of laid out or what Paul has laid out through chapters 1, 2, and 3. So remember that he's got... He's speaking to both sides of the room, and like we just read in Galatians 3.18, he says, For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And so you have both sides pretty much asking the question in their minds, well, why then the law? No, if the inheritance comes by promise, then what's this? What's the deal with the law? And when you read Galatians three nineteen, that's exactly how Paul asked the question. Let's go ahead and read these two verses. We're going by the ESV uh, paragraph structure, so in this session we only have two verses to go through. Paul writes in Galatians three nineteen after uh, we just read three eighteen. He says. Why then the law? You know, he is, he is stating the question that's in both of their minds. Why then the law? 
And he says it was added because of transgressions. Until the offspring, or I like to say seed, should come to whom the promise has been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. And then verse 20, now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So like I said, we only have two verses in this session. We're going to break down 319, and in fact, um, well, 319 and 20. Um, 319 is going to really kind of blow your mind because... I was thinking about, in preparing this, I was thinking that I have never heard a sermon on Galatians 3.19 and what it means. And I think if you heard Galatians 3.19 through a lot of preachers, or actually the reason why you don't hear preachers preach Galatians 3.19 is that it would confound their theology. So it's a whole lot easier to skip it than to try to deal with it. But we're going to deal with it Why? Because Paul says that his writings uh, show us or demonstrate to us the mystery of Christ. So we go through the text and we learn the text and we walk further in the mystery of Christ. And that's what the walk of faith is all about, isn't it? So he says, let's just read 319 again. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions. Until the seed should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, one thing to point out from the very get-go is that Paul shows that the law does not constitute a way of salvation. So you get that? It's not a matter of God giving his people a law and into the thinking that they might be justified by some moral good works when, in fact, it was impossible. That is not in Galatians 3.19, even though that seems to be pretty prevalent in preaching today. What 3.19 shows is that when God chose to rescue the world, he had to reckon with the fact that Israel was dangerously infected with the same disease that is sin, as the rest of the race, or the rest of the world. Now think about that a moment, because uh, that's just from the notes I wrote down. Think about that. You have sin, and we're going to go through this, uh, we're going to go through some passages in Romans, but you have Adam, sin, infects the rest of the human race, all the human race, including Abraham and including all of Israel. God has to effectuate or effect a plan of redemption within the world in order to save the world. What does he have to work with? What he has to work with is sinful man. And that is a problem. See what I mean? So we're going to deal with Galatians 3.19 because Paul hits this head on. Now I'm going to say that Paul mentions this cryptically, and we got to fill it out because, again, he's already preached the gospel to the Galatian believers. And in this instance, with 319, he's already dealt with this, in a sense, in Galatians 3.13, when he says that Jesus became a curse for us. So, 
says, why then the law? It was added because of transgressions. Now, when you go up to Galatians 3.13, let me read this to you again. It said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Now, big question is, okay, when you go back to the Gospels, you see that Christ was, what, crucified in the middle of two other men. And those two other men aren't saviors. Those two other men aren't messiahs. Their bodies were taken down. One was saved, one was not. But the man in the middle, Jesus of Nazareth, was what? Made a curse for us. And how did that happen? How was it that on the cross, he was made a curse for us? Well, that's what Paul is getting at when he says it was added because of transgressions. Now, you can follow along with me. I'm going to jump around a little bit in Romans because basically what you have is you have Galatians, which is a condensed version of Romans coming from another side of the gospel. But what Paul does in Galatians, he might say tersely or cryptically, but he fills it out a little bit more in his letter to the Romans. So if you, if you want to flip over, you can, over to fi- Romans 5.20. Let me read this to you because what we're going to do is I'm going to fill out what Paul means by it was added because of or on account of transgressions. Now, like I said, the law was not added, what? As a way of salvation. You know, the way that the law is preached most in most pulpits, it seems like today, is that God gives a law to Moses and he gives an impossible task. You know, the impossible task is, hey, you need to be perfect before me and you need to follow the law. Oh, you can't follow the law. It's impossible for you to follow the law. So I'm going to go to plan B and I'm going to send Christ to you. I mean, there's a lot of preaching that's built upon that kind of narrative. Paul doesn't give that narrative and doesn't doesn't give that reason for the law. He says it's added because of transgressions. Now, in Romans 5.20, he says this, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Now, usually when you hear Romans 5.20, you hear the emphasis on the grace. You know, uh, it is, oh, well, there's sin, sin abounded. I think the King James says abounded, and then grace abounded all the more. And it's grace, grace, grace. But here, what I want to do is I want to concentrate on what Paul says in Romans 5.20. He says, now the law came in, why? To increase the trespass. And this is another aspect of added on account of transgressions. He says to increase the trespass. What he's thinking back to is Adam's transgression. And let me set this up for you. Let, let's talk about Adam for a minute because this, this is going to help you understand the law and how the law worked with the children of Israel. You go back to the garden and what do you have? You have God the Father, you have Yahweh, 
who speaks to Adam and says, okay, Adam, here's the garden. You can eat of any tree that you want except for one. And that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, when you stop right there, you really can't call the commandment bad, can you? It's a commandment from God, and it's like, just don't eat of the tree, you know? So you can say that the commandment is good because it comes from God. There's nothing bad in the commandment itself. Well, what happens? The serpent comes into the garden, deceives Eve, and then Eve brings in Adam, and Adam eats of the tree, and what? He introduces sin and death into humanity. So, so you could say that the serpent used the good commandment in order to bring about the transgression and sin and death in mankind, right? I mean, that's one aspect of that account in the garden. So, Paul says here in Romans 5.20, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased. Now that sounds kind of weird to us, you know? But what he's getting at is that sin has a way of using the Torah, the way the serpent used God's commandments. Sin is almost personified in the, uh, in the book of Romans. You know, a lot of times you say, oh yeah, we did this, we sinned against the Lord. Well, that's true. But when you read the book of Romans, it's like sin has, uh, it's almost like a personality. It's like its own disease that clamps on people. It's like um, almost characterized like a parasite. And people are infected with it. So what Paul is saying here is that you have what? The law came in, and he's saying that sin used the law as a way of magnifying itself. In fact, let me read to you Romans 7.13, because this brings it out a little bit further. In 7.13, Paul is speaking as an Israelite who is under the law. All right? He says, did that which is good then bring death to me? And he's talking about the law, the Torah. Did that which is good. The Torah is what? Just, holy, and good. Came from the Lord. He said, did that bring death to me? He says, by no means or no way. It was sin producing death in me through what is good. Notice that. That's kind of like what we saw in the garden. We have the commandment of God. The commandment of God is good. But it was the serpent producing death in what Adam and Eve through what was good. Has God really said that? Is that really true? And Paul goes on, it was sin because what? Uh, the Israelites, they were, they were mired in sin just like everybody else producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. So what you have going back to Galatians 3.19, let me uh, get that back up. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions. Okay, that's cryptic. But what you see through Romans, through the eye of Romans, is that the law comes in 
and it increases sin. It magnifies sin. Now think about this when it comes to the Israelites. Because what God does is he, he takes this, he creates his own people, separates that people. There are a people who are separated from the rest of the world. And through the law, he increases the trespass. Or sin increases the trespass within Israel. And in fact, well, I have this. I might as well go ahead and let's go ahead and read this because I think this will add to your understanding. You go over to Romans 5.12, and 5.12 says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Okay, Paul's talking about Adam there, right? And then he goes on and says, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin was not counted when there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. And what we take from that in, in this context is you see that Paul says, okay, death spread to all men. Why? Because of Adam. And death reigned from Adam to Moses. What is the period from Adam to Moses? Well, Moses was the lawgiver. And death reigned during that time period, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. And we just read, yes, sin and spiritual death spread to all men. Now, so what God does by adding the law is he concentrates sin in one place. Why? So he can deal with it. And that goes back up to Galatians 3.13. You have, um, now this is big picture, let me tell you, this is big picture, but you can see through these verses that the law was added to what? Increase the trespass. So sin could be what? Exceedingly sinful, and it's concentrated, it's heaped up in one place, and that place is Israel. That's what Paul is getting at as the purpose of the law. And then when you go back to Galatians 3.13, you see that Christ becomes a curse because on the cross, he becomes Israel. That's why he is crowned king of the Jews, because all of that is summed up in him. So you see this redemptive narrative. So what Paul is saying to these uh, two sides of the room He's like, well, no, the, the promise didn't come through the law. Let me tell you what the law did. It was added because of transgressions. So you see this narrative that Paul has weaved through Galatians and Romans. It's, you know, you have death reigning over everyone from Adam to Moses. And then with Moses, it is sin is kind of heaped up all onto Israel and it finally comes to a focal point on Israel's Messiah, which sums up Israel, so God can deal with sin. Amen. Now, this the, the next part of Galatians 3.19 is where just actually a lot of preachers miss it. And the big word here is until. Notice this. 
Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until. Now stop right there. You can see there that the whole purpose of the law was supposed to be temporary. It's not supposed to go on forever. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until. Until when? Until the seed should come to whom the promise had been made. Amen. So you see that the law actually, it had a purpose and it had a temporary purpose. It's not supposed to go on forever. Now we read before that those who go in under the law, and this is why Paul is actually writing the letter, don't go in under the law because you'll become enslaved. For those who do not believe, uh, those covenantal curses are still there. But the intent of the law is not for unbelievers. The intent of the law is for redemption. And for those who are believers, what? The law is added on account of transgressions, until the seed should come to whom the promise had been made. Amen. So what Jesus does is he takes on the sin while also being the recipient of the promise of the inheritance. He's the Messiah. Amen. Amen. So you see that Once the Abrahamic promise is fulfilled in the Messiah, the purpose is accomplished. Now, I got this from another preacher, and actually it's pretty brilliant when he's talking about the law. You can think of the law this way. Think of a rocket ship. You know, uh, you have those videos of NASA where you have, you know, three astronauts in this tiny, tiny little capsule at the top, and then what's below them is all these rockets, all these booster rockets. So, you know, the countdown goes and then the rocket takes off and the rocket uh, flies up and clears the atmosphere. And what's the next thing you see? You see that the rocket, the entire rocket, has cleared the atmosphere, but then you see a huge part of it just uh, break off and fall away. The booster drops away. Now, the booster was a good thing, right? Because it got the rocket up out of the atmosphere. It got the astronauts to where they're supposed to be. So it's a good thing, but the job of the booster is done. You don't want the booster with you anymore because what? It's, it's all this added weight and everything else. It has done its job. And that's what Paul is saying in 319 about the law. He's saying... Uh, It was added on account of transgressions until the time the seed could come to whom the promise had been made, and then what? It falls away for believers, because with believers, we are in Christ, right? And so the law has done its job because why? Because Christ Jesus has become a curse for us, being hung on a tree. So I've got this down, and actually this is from another preacher, but it's good. It said, the Messiah comes to the place where the people of God are hopelessly stuck in the sin, which the, which the law confirms, and by dealing with that problem, Christ unlocks the new possibility of a fresh fulfillment of the law enabled by the Spirit. 
and points forward to the resurrection. Remember that uh, in Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 30 talks about being circumcised in the heart. And so what you have is you have the trespass building and building and building within Israel, and it comes to a head on the Messiah being hung on the cross. Jesus takes care of that so we can get to Deuteronomy 30 and be circumcised by the Spirit in the hearts. Amen. That's all in Galatians 3.19, if you can believe it. Now, Paul goes on and he says, uh, he says this, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. When you go back to the Old Testament, um, there's, there is little evidence in the, in the Old Testament itself about the law being given by angels, but actually when you go into the New Testament, say uh, Stephen's defense of the gospel, he talks about the law being put in place by angels. Paul says, by an intermediary or a mediator. Now, an intermediary or a mediator implies more than one, but God is one. Now, that's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of weird to us. What what does that have to do with anything? What Paul is getting at here is he's getting uh, at the two groups, you know, one on one side and one on the other. And he's saying that with the law... The law implies a mediator. Now, there's a couple ways that you can take a look at this. And actually, I think Paul is deliberately ambiguous because you can take either one because the point comes across, and that's the important thing. You have have the God of Israel, and you have Israel the people, and you have Moses in the middle, and he is the mediator. And Paul says an intermediary implies more than one. Well, yes, in that situation, you have more than one. You have God on one side and his people on the other, and there is a mediator between the two. You can say there's a channel between the two, and that implies more than one. There's another way to look at this, where you have Moses uh, is the lawgiver, and when he gives the law, the mediator of the law, he separates Israel out from the rest of everybody else. So you have Israel, and then you have all the Gentiles. And what Paul is getting at here is that we have come through Christ, the seed, uh, until the seed should come to whom the promise has been made. And he's talking about the fulfillment of the promise. And he's basically talking to the two groups saying there shouldn't be two groups anymore. There shouldn't be those believers who are circumcised and under the law and the law doesn't separate because it should have fallen away like the booster rocket. You shouldn't have this mediator anymore. You shouldn't have Moses anymore. Why? Because the job is done. It's finished. And it was what? Christ is the end of the law. One way to translate that is the goal of the law, but then it's also the end of the law because for believers, he is the end of the law. So what Paul is getting at here is uh, there aren't two families of God. There is just one. God is one and he is the God of just one family. And you go over to Romans, and Paul says, is is God the God of the Jews only? And he goes, no, he's also the God of the Gentiles. Because now, in the Messiah, there is one people. And what's ironic is, God had to separate a people out in order to deal with the sin problem. 
you know, he had to make a, a separation of Israel in order to deal with sin, in order to get salvation to the rest of the world. And what Paul says here is that uh, that redemption is now here. So there is just one people. And later on in Galatians, he says there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no free. Why? Because we're all one in Christ. Amen. So the, the major point of this teaching of these verses is you see Paul saying, why then the law? It's, it's, it's not a, a way of salvation. And it's not an impossible way of salvation, the way it's taught. No, it was added, why? Because of transgressions. God had to deal with sin in the world. He couldn't just look away from it. He had to deal with it. And he dealt with the sin problem through the nation of Israel. And what? He heaped up sin all in Israel, all the way to what? Christ being crowned King of the Jews, and he dealt with the sin problem on the cross. That's what Paul is getting to. Isn't that cool? I mean, now you understand why Paul is just livid about believers coming in and saying, oh, well, you need to come in under the law in order to get saved. Because that's not, that's not the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is those covenantal curses are still under the Torah for those who are unbelievers, you know, unbelieving Jews. They're under those covenantal curses. And Paul says, you put yourself under that, you're going to enslave yourself. No, Christ Actually, I meant to say Romans 16, 25 to 27. Paul writes this, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen.